1: Stand if you would. <laughs> Lift those hands to heaven. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart to accept to receive all that you have today. Thank you for your precious people today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to continue today on the name of Jesus. So you can call this part two if you want to. And go with me to John 15 first, John 15, and I want to read from verse 1. One of the things that I brought out last week was that the name of the Lord is a strong and a mighty tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe, that for God's children today, you really are inside of His name. That's what He said therefore you are safe. Verse 1 of chapter 15 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges, that that it may bring forth fruit. Now, the way you do that is by what's called pruning. Pruning, which I know people don't like that, but you prune yourself every day, basically. Cut your nails, cut your hair. Amen. What do you think that is? You're pruning yourself. Some of you will get it later. That's okay. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Then when you go over to chapter 16, Jesus was obviously talking to his disciples. Let's go down to verse 17. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith to us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, A little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to my Father. And they said, Therefore, what is this he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he said. And Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him. And he said to them, do you inquire among yourself that I said a little while, and you shall not see me? And again, a little while, and you shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she delivered of a child, she remembered no more the anguish. That's why there's a difference between a man and a woman. Because if a man ever got pregnant and had a baby, he would never have another child. Because men remember pain, but a woman forgets. Are you with me? <laughs> it's the truth. So she remembered no more the anguish for joy that a man is born in the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I send you whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name ask and you shall receive that your joy might be full hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah so that's the desire of Jesus for every single one of you then go with me if you went to mark chapter 16 and I want to read from verse 15 And Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I always say when I read that passage of Scripture with the great commission always comes the great protection. That means if people try to poison you, it wouldn't work. Even if a snake bit you, you could shake it off and would have no effect upon you. And then verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Hallelujah. Now, That's just the wind. That's not the fans. Whenever it comes to a name, people always try to find a say, how did you get your name? Who's ever been asked, how did you get your name? Sometimes you hear a name, and you actually think to yourself, what were the parents thinking? <laughs> but... I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I'm just trying to tell you that your name is distinctly you. Your name, you become associated with your name. Over your lifetime, your name begins to mean something. When you're born, it's just a name everybody calls you. And sometimes when they're angry, they don't even call you by that name. It's like little kids growing up in a world where their parents don't know Jesus. They don't even know what their name is. Their name could be any cuss word under the sun. How many understand what I'm talking about? They have to grow up and find out their name was not a cuss word, because all they ever heard from their parents was some cuss word, but a name means something. How much more does the name of Jesus mean when you think about it? It amuses me because my name, my last name is Howard Brown. So people still, for whatever stupid reason, think that my name is Howard and my wife's name is Brown, and we joined it together like a Spanish family. It doesn't matter how many times I tell them, my name is not Rodney Howard and Adonica Brown. That's not my name. My name is Rodney Howard Brown. The last name is Howard Brown. We've got Spanish speaking people here, and your name joined to your husband is your husband's name and the wife's family name. How many know what I'm talking about? That can get really confusing. Especially when I travel to Central and South America, the pastor introduces me. He's got his name and his wife's some other name. I think, are you married? "Is Is this your girlfriend? Are you married? No, no, we've been married 30 years. Well, how come her name is different to yours? It's just the culture. Always makes me nervous when I see the pastor's name is one thing and the wife's name is another thing. Because your name is what signifies you. And the same is with the name of Jesus. Now, why did God give him that name? Could he have been called other things? Out of every name in heaven and on earth that he could have been called... The name Jesus was picked out for him. How did he get that name? Well, I'm going to give it to you. He got his name three ways. You can write this down. The first way he got his name, he got it by inheritance. He got it by inheritance. When a family has a child, the child gets that name of the family by inheritance. He was born into it. If you were in the royal families, you have to be born into that family. And I know many of them, they inbreed because they want to so they can keep the wealth in the family. It's just a fact. (laughs) Many of the royals, I'm sorry to tell you this, of the earth are inbred. They just are. They marry their cousins and their second cousins and they try to keep the money in the family because there's so much wealth in the royal family. Somebody said, I didn't know that. Well, it's something when you study it out, you'll see that they basically are inbred. Sorry to inform you. And I could say a lot of stuff about being inbred, but we'll leave it at that. But Jesus got his name three ways. The first way he got it was by inheritance. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Somebody said, when? In the beginning. When he said, let there be light. Jesus was right there. And then it says, and the word was with God. And the word, verse 14, says, and the word was made flesh. That word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, divinely begotten of God. And of course, he didn't come into existence when he was born in a manger. That's when he took on human flesh. The Bible even says that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So he was with God right from creation. Jesus is not a created being. He is God, but he is the son of God. Now somebody said, pastor, there's a lot of questions I have. I know I'd have them too, but you'll get them answered when you get to the other side. Somebody said, well, I'd like to know them all now. Um, You don't have the capacity to understand them right now. Your brain would just go, eh, because it's, it's eternal things. And we're talking about God here. Can you say amen? Then Acts 13 and verse 33, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So when did all that take place? That took place at Calvary. Are you with me? That name of Jesus. But it's interesting to note that they were operating in the power of the name before Jesus even went to the cross. So what does that show you? That shows you that the name is so powerful that from the time when Jesus was anointed, In the waters of the Jordan, when he came up out of the water and the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And then he went about doing good and healing all those that were sick and performing miracles. Under the old covenant, they were still operating in that name. Then when you look after the cross and the resurrection and then into Pentecost, suddenly now, That name had now brought about a whole new group of people really that had never ever existed before because no one had been born again until after the cross. Are you with me? And then on the day of Pentecost, everyone is now filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And they're going out doing exactly what he did, saying what he said, acting like he acted. That's what a Christian means. Christian means a little Christ. Are you with me? You're not the one, but you are made in his image, and you are his child, therefore you act like him. You act like God. Can you say amen? Because Jesus acted a certain way and you're a child of God, you act the same way that Jesus did. Jesus came to set the example of the way you should be acting. Amen. 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 Now look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spake unto us by his Son whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So, he pointed Jesus' heir over everything, wow. <laughs> by whom also he made the world. So, it's almost like the Father was there, and then the Word, which was Jesus, was the one that caused everything to come into being. In other words, like be, when he spoke, It was the Word that was made manifest. Who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the Word of His power, when He by Himself purged our sins. How many believe that He purged our sins? And He did a good job of it. Therefore, don't keep any record of it. He purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, being made as so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth the first begotten in the world, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. Jesus The firstborn from the dead, the firstborn amongst many brethren. So there was a first begotten, then there was a second, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth, all the way down to you sitting right here on this field of dreams. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Jesus got his name by inheritance. You and I get this divine inheritance to be children of the living God. And therefore, as he got his name by inheritance, we have access to that name that he got by inheritance to use that name and to have the full authority of heaven behind us when we use that name. I said this to you last week. Do you, I mean, somebody said, would you go, can you let people use your name? I mean, people do. People, people drop names. How many have had people drop names? They, they use names. But there's many people that you would never give them access to your name. Isn't that right? Be honest now. Don't just look at me like I'm making this up. How many would think twice before you want certain people to use your name? But here is Jesus who thinks nothing about it and says, okay, hey, Rodney, listen, I'm calling you to go preach. I want you to carry this message to the lost and dying world, and Lord, but it's just me. Don't worry. I'm going to give you my name. You can use my name. My name will give you access to what I am, who I am, what I have, all the power of that name, all the resources of that name. It's yours. If you just go, do what I tell you to do, I'll be with you. But don't forget to use my name. Like And in the natural, I'd go, Lord, you're going to give me access to your name. I probably, if I were you, I probably wouldn't give me full access to your name. I'd give me a little access. But he says, no, no, I want you to have my name. I want you to take my name. I want you to use my name. You go. So if anybody says, by whose name and by whose power do you come here? I come in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I know that's the big question they're asking down in Aruba. By whose authority, by whose name does this man come to our island? We come in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Somebody said, "Well, I don't like that." Then go talk to him about it. It's none of my business. He told me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Last time I checked, Aruba was in all the world. Yeah, but we don't like you. Then go talk to the boss. Unfortunately, I'm the one he chose to go. <laughs> I stopped arguing with people a long time ago because you just waste your breath. Are you with me? Sometimes you look at people and say, look, for me to argue with you, if you could pause it for a moment, I'm going to run out and go get the lobotomy so when I get back, we can be on the same page. (laughs) Because it really is ridiculous sitting here arguing about stuff you know nothing about. Somebody said, "Well, that's pretty mean." Actually, in fact, it's insulting the people that have had a lobotomy. <laughs> Say this off to me, Jesus acquired His name by inheritance, and that name belongs to me by inheritance. See, I know there's people that just want to, you know, they just stay with the fact that Jesus got his name by inheritance. Uh, it doesn't stop there. You, a child of God, then that name belongs to you. You were born into the family of God. You're part of the greatest royal family ever. sing that song he's the king of kings people cheapen king king kong king alan king ankit All right, moving right along. <laughs> the second way he got his name was by bestowal. It was bestowed upon him by his father. Philippians two and verse 9 to 11. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So basically he said, "I bestow this name upon you." This name is above every other name. There is no other name higher than this name. Verse 10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. That basically covers everybody. Notice it does not mention anything about the planet Mars (laughs) or Jupiter or Saturn, or Pluto, or some galaxy, Andromeda. It talks about in heaven before God, before the angels, are you with me? In earth before man, kings potentates and then in hell before the devil and all of his demons. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the university, we, people get earned doctorates, but then we do, we give out an honorary doctorate to somebody that's been longer than 20 years in the ministry for recognition of what they've done and accomplishments of what they've done, you know normally it's outside of their neighborhood. Are you with me? You don't give a doctorate to somebody who's still living in the basement with his mama. You give an honorary doctorate to somebody who's just gone around the world and made an impact and continues to make an impact in recognition. So you could say that that was bestowed. An honorary doctorate is really not an earned doctorate. It's something that was bestowed upon you. You didn't You worked for it, but you didn't know you were working for it. It was something given to you in recognition for what you accomplished. Jesus was given this name because not only of who he was, but what he would accomplish. That he would go to the cross. That there is no other name given whereby man can be saved. No other name. That's why the devil hates the name of Jesus. And he wants to use it in profanity and every opportunity that he gets. I mean, there's basically not even a movie that you can see these days that does not use the name of the Lord in vain. My wife and I have been, not that we go that often, but we've, we've been to a movie house, and we, we get up the first two minutes and walk right out. They said, is everything okay? Yeah, not really, no. I mean, it's language that really didn't even need to be even in the movie. Didn't add to the movie. Are you with me? And you hear how people in the world just throw out the name of Jesus. But when they get in a crisis, guess who they're calling on? Are you with me? So how do you use the name in profane or profanity, and then now you call on that name to save humanity? It doesn't work that way. That's why I shared last week, that we must reverence and honor that name. And that name carries respect. Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So say this me: Jesus acquired his name by inheritance. By inheritance. He acquired his name, he acquired his name. By, bestowal. by bestowal. And then number three, he acquired his name by conquest. When Jesus was born of a virgin and they looked at him in the manger, most of the people could never have even begun to understand that right before their very eyes was the one that would come. In actual fact, it was prophesied even in the book of Genesis that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. They didn't understand, they didn't realize what was actually taking place. That this was God taking on human flesh. Jesus becoming a man to go to a place called Calvary to pay the price for our sin and to drink the bitter cup that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That even at three o'clock in the afternoon when the sky grew dark and God basically pulled the blinds on the earth and Jesus felt it at that moment and he cried, Eli, Eli, lalama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God could not even look upon him. Because he became a curse where he bore the sin of the world for us. That was a a battle that was undergoing, that was taking place, where the whole of humanity was sitting in the balance. That's why he prayed like he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Because he knew he had to drink this cup for you and for me so that we could be free. Because there's no ways that you and I could go to Calvary and pay the price for our sin. He went to do it for us so that all we have to do is believe, humble ourselves, and receive. Can you say amen? Aren't you glad he did it for you? Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over the minute you see the devil didn't know that by killing Jesus would be his end he didn't know it the Bible even says in the book of Corinthians that the prince of this world had no clue had they known it they would never have crucified the Lord of glory never I can just imagine the whole of hell was rejoicing when Jesus died on Calvary they thought we've got him we took him out he'll be no more and then he goes right down into Hades and and he's he's right in there and they're thinking we've, we've got him But they don't realize they didn't get anything. They didn't realize that he laid his life down. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down and I'll pick it up again. He said, many of you ask for a sign, but no sign will be given unto you except the sign of the prophet Jonah as he was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. The Son of Man went down until the mountains. Go read the book of Jonah and you'll understand. You get to chapter 2 of Jonah. It says the mountains were above him. And so he's down there. Somebody said, what's he doing? He's paying the price for us. And then when he paid the price, he didn't stop there. He went across the chasm and preached to the spirits in prison. All the Old Testament saints that were held there in Abraham's bosom and then he took captivity captive. And on that resurrection morning, there was something that took place in hell that was like their worst nightmare. Because when they thought they had him, suddenly he's right in there. He takes the keys of hell, of death, and the grave. He strips the devil of all of his authority and power, takes captivity captive. Up! from the grave, here he comes. And hell didn't know what hit it. You can just see them go, I think we made a mistake. hallelujah. It's the devil's worst nightmare. And then Jesus meets them on the road and breathes on them, said, receive me the Holy Ghost. They all get born again. Now, instead of them seeing one like him, they're seeing, oh, there's another one, another one, another one, another one, and another one. And they probably thought to themselves, well, it'll be contained. But here he is for 40 days showing himself alive with many infallible proofs. And then he tells them to go wait. And on the day of Pentecost, their worst nightmare was confirmed. When 120 people suddenly begin to speak in a heavenly language that they had no understanding what they were saying. Not only were they speaking in a heavenly language, but when they walked out, suddenly they were multiplied from 120 to 3,000 people. And then within a day or two, another 5,000 people. And every day from the day of Pentecostal to now has been a nightmare for the devil because he cannot stop. He cannot stop what God's doing. He cannot stop it. Why? Because Jesus got his name by conquest. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The Amplified says God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raged against us and made a bold display, display a public example of them in triumphing over them in it and the cross. He mocked them. He mocked them. He mocked them. I heard somebody say that he pulled the, the devil's teeth out. I mean, which basically would be defanging something, if you understand what I'm saying. So the worst the devil could do is gum you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> he made a show. He made sport. He made fun of them. He made a show of them openly. He mocked them Everywhere you go, everything you do, you make a show. You show the enemy to be what he is, a lying, defeated devil. Can you say amen? amen? When you go around laying hands on the sick and casting out devils, which he hates that. He doesn't want you coming along with that kind of authority. Are you with me? But you're part of the royal family. So you might as well just go ahead and live like it. Amen. Hallelujah. And you're going to carry it all the days of your life until the day that he comes to take you home. Until the day that you hear these words, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You know, that day is coming very soon. I said that day is coming very soon. The only thing we can take with us is people. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! She's okay. I'm not beating up on somebody. She's okay. She's being blessed. Pick her up. Just so the visitors can see. Stand up. Hold her up. Turn, turn her around so they can see back here. People staring at me. She's okay. I did not beat up on her. She's just very happy. Amen. It's good. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's good. Somebody said, Why is she on the floor? She's one of them holy rollers. Somebody said, I don't want to be one of them holy rollers. Can I not be just a holy sitter, Pastor? In the natural, people love power. People are always working out to get stronger, to get more power. We're working you out in the spirit right now. Are you with me? Hallelujah. One man, one woman full of the Holy Ghost can wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. You say, why? because they're operating under the authority of that name that's above every name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, to Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everybody say, he got his name by inheritance. He got his name by his soul. And he got his name by conquest. Now somebody said, okay, so if Jesus' name is by conquest, and if God's called me to do something, how will it get to people get to hear about what I do? You're going to have to get into many battles, and you're going to have to have many victories, and the people will know. That person, they know how to use that name. Invite them to come down. They'll come and smack the devil in that city, that town, that village. That's how it works. You can't get it. You can't get a name. You can't get a reputation by conquest by sitting at your house and Zooming. I don't believe that there'll be any powerful ministries birthed by Zoom. Because there's no threat. You're just sitting in your house. You're looking at people through a screen. Put your big boy pants on. Get on a plane and go stand in the area where people are hostile towards the gospel. And then we'll see how much power you have. Especially when they're threatening you and threaten to kill you. Hello? There's certain places on the earth right now that there's still tribes of cannibals where you could be eaten. For some of you, you'll be okay because you'll just be a light snack. Others would be a buffet for a family of four. So if you do go, take a bunch of fat people with you. (laughs) You'll be the last to be eaten. (laughs) Yeah, you'll you'll just be a hors (laughs) d'oeuvre. Oh, it's funny, folks, really, when you think about it. Single, and you're getting married, and you feel God's calling you in the mission field, and it'd be an area that would be like I described make sure your wife is much bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible thing. I should have said that. Well, you you think, I mean, you think Isaac, he lied about his wife. You know what I mean? Abraham lied about Sarah. Isaac lied about Sarah. Oh, yeah, you're hungry. It's no problem. My wife, anyway, let's leave that alone. Conquest. I was talking about conquest. I was talking about the battle. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, somebody said but pastor why would there be a battle if Jesus already won the battle because you're going to go and enforce the victory because you're going into places where people have never heard there's people that don't know there's people that have never heard the gospel even in the city of Tampa believe it or not there's there's people coming in here from all over the world they bring in people from other nations that have never heard the gospel this city is ripe for the gospel it's not ripe for religion it's ripe for the gospel of Jesus Christ say it one more time he got his name by inheritance he got his name by bestowal and he got his name by conquest now let me close with this When you know in the book of Revelation of what's gonna take place, the coming of the Lord, when we, the church, are caught up, and you know about the judgment seat of Christ, where our works will be placed on the fire, and it'll either be gold, jewels, and precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up, you'll still be saved, though. But for everyone that is saved, God himself, there's a white stone that he has prepared for each believer with a name in it that no one knows, not even Jesus knows, which I still don't understand how he doesn't know, but that's what the Bible says. Only the Father knows what that name is. So that means we might have the, I might have the name Rodney on the earth and your name Jay or whatever your, na- your parents called you, but when we get to the other side, he's got a name for us. And I I don't believe there'll be any name that'll be the same. Are you with me? And that name, I believe, will match your life here on the earth in your service to the King. So in essence, your name will also be given. I'm just, I'm not, somebody said, you're making this up. No, I'm just throwing it out I'm supposing that your name at that juncture will be given by conquest in the sense because it will represent everything that you are from the time you were born until the time you went to be with Jesus. I'm just throwing that out. I mean, I'm not making a doctrine out of it. Please, when I share some of these things, I'm not making a doctrine out of it. I'm just telling you, you're going to get a name that God himself has put specially for you that no one knows, not even Jesus. And when you think about it, before the creation, before anything, God knew that his son would be called Jesus. Yeah. And that the power would be in that name. And I think for a lot of Christians, they'll come to the realization of the fact, especially around the river, the power of that name. But the most, the most majority of them will only realize it when they get to the other side because their church doesn't believe it, the pastors around them don't believe it, the religious leaders around them don't believe it, they've never heard it taught like what I'm sharing with you today, and they don't realize, That they had access to that name when they get to heaven. And they say, but Lord, what was all these things that we could have done? Yeah, it was there available for you. Where? It was in my word. I told you my name was yours to use and you didn't use it. Yeah, I know, but the preacher told me we couldn't use it. We could only use it under this circumstance and that circumstance. And some said they tried to use the name and they'd failed. Because how many know there's people that do that? Especially in the Bible cemeteries, I mean seminaries where people that have failed end up now teaching a new batch of people in ministry. Why do they bring ministers that failed on the field and now let them come and teach people practicalities of ministry when they themselves were a failure? Hello? A failure will produce failures. People that Are a success will produce people that are a success. So in closing, this next week, use this name with boldness and great confidence of knowing who is behind you. This name given to you by the head of the church God gave the name Jesus to him. And Jesus, in turn, has given that name to us. And so we are to use it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I believe this next week is going to be a powerful week as we go about doing our Father's business. Hallelujah. And we'll see that name being made manifest. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This week, people are going to be saved and healed and delivered and set free. And the power of the enemy is going to be broken everywhere you go. And that name will be on your lips. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want everybody to bow your heads, please. Father, thank you for this truth. Thank you for your name. Thank you for the power of this name and the glory of this name. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, right across this place, you that are watching by way of television, If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today, a friend brought you. You've never, ever given your life to Jesus. You never said, Jesus, come and be my Lord and my Savior. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? If you breathed out your last breath tonight and went to sleep, never woke up again, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid the blood was shed. And that today, by saying, yes, Lord, I surrender. You can make Jesus the Lord and Savior. Of your life. You cannot earn it. You cannot buy it. It's free. He calls you today. He calls you and says, Come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn, I mean, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come. Maybe you're here today, you're watching, you say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus, but today I feel the pull of heaven, and today I'm going to surrender my life to him. Maybe you're here today or you're watching, and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love, their peace, their joy, Once upon a time, I used to have it, but it's gone from me. But right now, I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. But he says, I will take out the stony heart and put in the heart of flesh. He said, "A, a new spirit will I put within you. Will you surrender to him afresh? And say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, I surrender now. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone's seen and that's what makes it even difficult because you say, well, everybody knows what I've done. It's public knowledge. Yeah, but it's not public knowledge for many people what Jesus has done. And what Jesus has done will cancel out what you've done if you believe and surrender your life to Him today. Say yes, Lord. He will come, and He'll have His way in you. He loves you. He says, "Come to Me, all you that labor and the heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take My yoke upon you. Learn of Me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light." He calls you. Will you surrender to Him? And then maybe you hear yeah, today, and you're watching my wave television, you say, Pastor, a storm came against my life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I'm going to recommit my life. Today, I'm coming back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I want the joy of my salvation restored to me. Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord, he loves you. And then finally, maybe you hear under the sound of my voice or you're watching in your homes and you say, I do love the Lord. That's not even a question, but I don't have the assurance. I don't know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God and I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved. If that is you, I want to pray with you and for you right across this field without any hesitation whatsoever, quickly, just put your hands up. Say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Put it up high and say, yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stick it up high right now and say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I see the hands going up. Today is your day of freedom and your day of liberty. You may put your hands down. I want you to look at me, please. Over on this far side of, the, of, of this um, pavilion. If you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, just put your hand up right now say, include me. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? I've seen your hand already. Another hand at the back. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included. Thank you. God bless you. And then the far side, yeah, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Stick your hand up right now and say, include me. Raise up high and say, yes, that's me. Thank you. I want every person that raised their hand, I want you to stand right now, quickly. Stand. Stand. I want you to come from where you are. And come stand here. We're going to pray together. Come. Come. Bring your personal belongings. Come with you. Come with them. Turning back. No
0: turning back
1: No turning back,
0: no turning back.
1: The, cross me, the, the cross before me the world behind me The world behind
0: me
1: The cross before me The world behind me, the The cross before me, the world world behind me, me. No no turning back, no turning back. Lord, you, can take the whole world, you can take the whole world But give me
0: Jesus
1: You can take the whole world But give me Jesus You can take the whole world But give me Jesus. No turning
0: back.
1: No turning back. No turning back. I want you to look at me right now. We're going to pray one prayer. One prayer fits all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. Somebody said, yeah, but you don't know where I've been and what I've done. No, I don't. It's really none of my business. I know what Jesus has done and where he's been. And what Jesus has done and where he's been cancels out what you've done and where you've been if you believe today. We come to him because we realize we need him. We're sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today, by faith, we receive what we cannot even earn. And so we're going to pray. You that are watching, along with them, I want you to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth, say, Father, I come to you. In the precious name of your Son Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess. Jesus is Lord of my life. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world, I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Now just lift both hands to heaven. Father, I pray that you would go where the knife of man cannot go. I take authority over every attack of the enemy against their lives and I break it. Break it now by the power of the blood of Jesus. And I pray that you will do a work on the inside of each and every person. And when they walk from this field today, that they've been transformed, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would seal them today by your blood and by your spirit so that on that day not one would be missing raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's the power of God just coming on you right now. That's the power of the Lord just coming on you right now. In the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet, I break it, I break, I break every bondage, I break every addiction, I break every spirit of witchcraft, I break it off of you and set you free by the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.